0: Uh, so happy new year anyway, Dan
1: Yeah, happy new year to yourself
0: Did you see what I did there? I slipped in a little bit of like, who's on the show this week Without actually doing an intro again That's
1: very clever <laughs> <laughs> No one's got a bloody clue who I am now
0: you're, you're, you're internet famous, Dan Davis
1: Um, I don't know about that
0: How's the wind up your way? <laughs>
1: We've well, just been out <laughs> in it and it's pretty bad
0: I was going to try and make some Brussels sprout jokes
1: Probably best now No,
0: probably not
1: I've not sprouts for years.
0: Because I went out today, just for everybody that's listening. It's very windy up where we live, and uh, I went out today and looked at looked at waves.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: I tell you what, I wouldn't want to get caught, you know, out to sea somewhere. I mean, I'm bad enough on a ferry. <laughs>
1: I can't swim, so I'm screwed.
0: <laughs> do you do you have a thing about ferries? Do you go on ferries?
1: I've been on one ferry, two ferries actually. Um, went to France when I was in school. Um, the choppiest water I've ever known, on the smallest ferry I've ever seen, on the calmest water, and the biggest
0: ferry I've ever seen. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of boats. I can't fuck like boat boats actually, because 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 can't swim. Yeah, we don't have to think about swimming unless. Well, even if you can't swim, there's they give you those buoyancy aid things. True. They're true. not going to let you drown, are they?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, you're true. True. I should do more boating, actually
0: you can be on the biggest ship. it's like that one that what they call it Costa Concordia <laughs> that crashed into Italy, yeah, sort of what he didn't know it was there. that was a big ship. it was a flipping big ship, actually Italy's a big country they, the two things aren't supposed to collide. <laughs> How was Christmas with Arnie?
1: Ah, oh, wow, what a day It was actually really good. went to the family in the morning, saw the kids, some of my you know relatives, and then Came home and made a curry and watched Downey films.
0: What did you watch?
1: I watched uh, Running Man. Oh, I like that. Yeah, good game. Uh, Raw Deal. I
0: don't think I've seen that one.
1: Ah, brilliant. And I watched Predator.
0: No, oh, I can't beat Predator.
1: No, yeah, I was going to watch more, but I went out to my, my sisters.
0: What about Commando? You didn't watch Commando?
1: Well, I was going to watch Commando, but my media center's not got it. On at the moment, it's not working properly, so I had to sacrifice that. It's the best daily film out there, though. You
0: really? You think that's the best one? Yeah, True Lies is actually pretty yeah. underrated. Awful. I think. Awful. Why? Why is it awful?
1: No, I just didn't like it. Hmm. You should stick to the action hard man films.
0: I thought, well, Total Recall is it's definitely in my top ten of films of all time. You've seen the, um, the remake? Uh, yeah, I did actually <laughs> when it was. Bloody awful. I can't
1: understand why they call it a remake because, well, I can't spoil it for people who've not seen it, but it doesn't go to a certain place. No. So, yeah. Uh, but it's got Kate Beckinsale in it, so
0: that's all right. <laughs> I haven't read the original, um, you know, the short story. Well, I think no. it was Philip K. Dick, I think, wrote the original short story of it because he, you know, wrote Blade Runner as well. Yeah. And it's just brilliant. Except I was watching it with Alex. This mm. is, back last year and obviously you know he's a geology geek isn't it yeah and he really likes the whole film until we get to the end where and again i'm sorry for any spoilers but you know bloody hell you should have seen total recall by now they get to the bit where they discover that the core of mars is made of ice Mm. and if you heat it up through that flipping great reactor that they discover it's got one big knob i mean like that's something huge and complex like that and it's got one big thing to turn it on That's all it is. And he couldn't get over this. It's like, well, of course, no, no. And the whole thing was spoiled then because (laughs) the core of Mars is can't be made of ice. And (laughs) he's getting all kind of geology geek on me.
1: Just don't watch films of him.
0: Well, it's it's, it's the core as well. You don't watch the core with him. And then then it's like, what if they do melt? the, The other thing he couldn't get was if they do melt, the planet's core, which is never yeah. a good thing. No. Um, and it is made of ice. Well that's gonna produce water vapour. And we don't breathe water vapour. <laughs> you know, no. we don't we, we breathe air and air is kind of oxygen and nitrogen, and then he starts getting all science geek on me and it's like <laughs> that's just no fun.
1: No. I haven't got that problem with my kids. They they've got no interest in watching anything. They just play with my tablet and my phone and that's it.
0: I like doing movie marathons, though, because, you know, if you've got a spare afternoon just watching – what did I do last time? All the Rambo movies back-to-back.
1: Uh, I've never watched Rambo.
0: Oh, you should. It's great.
1: <sighs> I don't know. It's not what? really my – it's sliced alone, isn't it? He's not really, like, you know, choice.
0: Yeah, well, he's not exactly Laurence Olivier in the acting <laughs> department, is he? <laughs> oh, no, true. But that's not what you're watching for.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll try and watch them, then.
0: Rambo is actually not bad. Well, the first one's really good, and then it kind of goes off. as Yeah. And then the last one, which I think was just called Rambo. Because I don't think <laughs> Rambo movies are actually called Rambo. They were called First Blood or something like that. I
1: don't yeah. Know what they're called.
0: But then the last one is actually called uh, Rambo or John Rambo or something.
1: That's quite violent from memory.
0: It was. It was really, really good, actually, though, from, in a kind of, you know, violent, Stallone
1: yeah.
0: kind of style.
1: I might give it a go.
0: What about I watched Rocky's Star Wars. Movies?
1: Rocky. Oh, you know- Rocky, yeah, Rocky's all right. I like Rocky. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I like Star Wars in 1977, but I don't know. I've kind of gone off it. They were showing them all on telly, weren't they? That's I what I was, was
1: watching, yeah. I watched every night, and then um, I don't know whether they showed the newest ones, but I kind of disregard
0: them anyway. I caught the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, where they've been, Bloody well retouched Hayden Christensen in at the I end. know, yeah. Instead of that, like, no.
1: You seem to have made a really good film, and then go back every so often and just add more bits to it. It's just cheapening it. Was just leave alone. Horrible.
0: Somewhere, I think, probably in the storage unit, I've got a VHS tape with Star Wars that I recorded off the telly. You know oh, when it wicked. when it first went on the telly back yeah. in I don't know 1982 or something. <laughs> I might dig that out and see whether, see what version it is.
1: Cool. The adverts will be
0: interesting. Oh, I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah. There's a whole YouTube selection of old adverts
0: that you can watch. And it's brilliant. My movie collection tends to consist, I was doing this, I was thinking about, I did my kind of country music roundup yes. blog post the other day. And when I was thinking about music, I was thinking about films. And I was going through my iTunes library. How many have I got on here? Quite a lot. Oh, iTunes seems to have closed. Quite a lot, anyway. And most of them I've discovered in kind of like thinking about lists, they tend to be either prison break movies or involve prison at some point, <laughs> or they're dystopian future movies. Right. How many have I, how many have I got here? Yeah, I've got lots of films. 497 unwatched movies in my library. That's pretty good. I think I watched them all, but no, iTunes never seems to remember. Yeah, dystopian future movies I tend to have a lot of those.
1: I watched um, Gravity today.
0: Oh, i never got to see that.
1: Well, I got three quarters of the way through and turned it off. Just, nah, wasn't
0: for me. No, people have been telling me that I ought to have a look at that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I can imagine in the cinema in three D, it was bloody well, well curled, cool, but on a normal telly, you just don't, see, you just don't get the benefit.
0: No, we watched Life of Pi over Christmas, and it was really good, and it made me almost regret not seeing it in 3D at the cinema.
1: I've never seen that. Mm, it's good. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, the visual effects are amazing. We yeah, didn't... I saw that. I mean, I Guy with the with a tiger. My kind of film, but <laughs> no, well, <laughs> there's no action.
1: There's <laughs> no Arnie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it... I, didn't... I felt the same, because it's... it's not a dystopian future movie. But, <laughs> but you know, no, I enjoyed it. I was going to say, that's that's the thing for me. When Christmas comes around or New Year comes around, I just like shut the office door, and I, that's what I want to do. I want to watch films.
1: Yeah, that's all I've done. I watched Olympus Has Fallen last night as well. Awful film. I
0: don't think I've ever even heard of that.
1: Morgan Freeman, Gerard Butler. Just uh, awful. I feel bad for them. Well, they got paid for it. They did. A lot of money, probably.
0: I watch like dystopian film. future movies, though. Maybe that's just because I'm such a pessimist. <laughs> so, i i've been mean, I mean, thinking about this what would you hoard for the apocalypse me i'd, I'd want to hoard corned beef and firelighters they'd be like first thing on my list
1: yeah um mashed potato for the kids
0: what smash mashed potato uh
1: it'd probably have to be that because obviously it'll go off mm. if it's yeah mash cherry bakewells again for the kids I can survive on soup or anything. I'm
0: fine. They'd be, they'd, they're so packed full of preservatives, they'd last for like a millennium. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. The kids love them.
0: Marifat peas. Sue thinks I'm crazy. Cause that's, I mean, I talk, I'm, I'm not am I'm, I'm actually really serious about this. If we had more space, I'd want to hoard stuff.
1: I don't see anything wrong yeah. with that.
0: No. Because, you know, we had it a few years ago. Do you remember when they had the, the petrol strike? Oh yes. And you know, what did we have like one or two weeks where, you know, you couldn't confidently just roll up to a petrol station and, and, you know, buy fuel and everybody went insane. You know, you get people phoning you up going, there's a, there's a queue outside the spa. (laughs) <laughs> and everybody would get in their cars and go and fill up and you know you were only allowed what 10 pounds worth of fuel each or something and you know you could only go yeah. once a day and i remember in some of the little villages out between us and you know mold and mm. some of the little garages there would be like they would only serve petrol to locals they wouldn't you know you couldn't get it if you were just passing through
1: yeah it's very like that in mold though isn't it very local
0: and it's like the world fell apart
1: i do remember it actually yeah just
0: for like a week or two and you know, I don't think it's gonna take much. I, I you know, there's gotta be something that happens if suddenly the infrastructure breaks down or something and you're gonna be screwed. What are you gonna do if you haven't hoarded anything?
1: People are mental though, aren't they? It's like Christmas. I was getting some shopping on the day before Christmas Eve. It was just mental. And it's two days the shops are shut. But there's people fighting over bread and milk and it's just like just get over it.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, like you say, it's only closed for two days. Well, even one. I don't understand it. I mean, what could you possibly do with? I oh, mind you, having said that, years ago, when this is when Sue and I, we, we were in our first flat in London. It's the first time we'd ever really had Christmas together on our own without going to, you know, one or other parents. Yeah, and we're in this little flat in in South London where we lived. You know, because we didn't have any money. And also because, you know, Sue was predominantly a vegetarian. She was cooking this, you know, veggie veggie lunch, Christmas dinner. And I dropped an egg or something. I don't know. Needed an egg. Didn't have an egg. And I I did the heroic thing at like, you know, half ten on a Christmas day morning. I'm like, I'm going out to find an egg and I won't be back (laughs) until I... As if I was going to, like, you know, go and sort of fell some buffalo. <laughs> anyway, so I just went and knocked on the flat next door and said, "Can I have an egg?" And they went, "Yeah, sure." And then well, that was the end of that. Wow. So, I mean, there are things that obviously you do need on Christmas Day, but you know, the, the whole bloody shop doesn't need to be open.
1: It's like Easter; we've got Easter stuff in the shops now Cabbage cream eggs and and all that.
0: I know Sue was saying that she went into Sainsbury's the other day and they've got hot cross buns. All right. How can that even be possible?
1: It's crazy.
0: I just think that. Now we need to hoard stuff. Seeds, seeds is what you need to hoard.
1: Yeah. Water. What? That's the next big thing. Water, I reckon. It's really? Get sparse.
0: We could just—I mean—because Alex isn't here anymore, you know, all the time. We could just turn his bedroom into a into a dystopian future, apoco- post-apocalypse story. Why not? Do it. Metal shelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Line them up.
1: That's a great idea. There's
0: all kinds of stuff that you could just. I mean, tin stuff doesn't go off, does it? You could just. I don't know.
1: I've got I've got tins of soup here that are two years old now, that gone past the sell by date.
0: Nah, there would not be anything wrong with them. I've them for years.
1: Yeah, now tin stuff's very good.
0: Tin stuff, firelighters, matches,
1: powdered uh, milk.
0: I <laughs> see. I wouldn't miss milk.
1: I would. dying for a coffee now. I haven't got any milk. Damn ah,
0: you, lightweight. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know where I wouldn't want to be? In an apocalypse,
1: um, real Rill.
0: apocalypse. Rill, Rill's already had an apocalypse. That's true. Yeah. No, Milton Keynes, mate.
1: But we're we're going there.
0: I know. Well, this is what I just need to mention quickly because I promised <laughs> I promised the guys that I would. So that was a, that was a sort of radio announcer segue there. But um, right, it, I do try my best. No, we're going to go to the Milton Keynes Geek Night all dayer, which I don't know how you can have a geek night all dayer, but and I promised them that I'd give it a quick mention. Um, on this episode, because there's some really good speakers turning up. Mark Bolton, Simon Collison's on, uh, Brenda Dawes, who's just hysterical, uh, John Hicks, Chris Murphy, Dan Rubin's there, Rachel Shilcock, who we know, mm. Andrew Spooner, who I don't know. Oh, yeah. But it promises to be a really good day. We're going to go and hang out. Be nice to sit in the audience and, and, and have a listen. Yeah. And it's 125 quid per ticket and you can get one at, Alldayer.mkgeeknight.co.uk. You should go. People should go. It's going to be good.
1: I'm not going to that one now.
0: <laughs> I'm going to
1: the one in the night time.
0: You're going to the one that I'm speaking at. Yes? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to the All Dayer one.
1: No, I'll buy, I'll buy a ticket. I'll see if work will pay for it.
0: Yeah. No, they should, well, they bloody well should. They should do. No, the All day one's going to be grand. Anyway, what we should do before we get into talking about what we're going to talk about is, uh, yeah. should we, I'll, I'll get a sponsor out of the way. So if you're a designer or developer who makes responsive websites and who doesn't these days, you're going to really be interested in our next boss because, guess what? It's Ghost Lab, synchronized cross-browser and mobile testing taken to the next level. That's their little blurb, but, you know, Mm. it's not hyperbole, it works. So here's the problem. You're designing or you're developing a site and you need to test that site across multiple browsers, and especially across lots of different devices like phones, tablets, stuff. Now, you could, if you wanted to, you could set up a local development server, or you could FTP files to an external server, but no one wants to do that. Then there's keeping every device in sync when you test or your demo. You know, you're moving around a site, and you're clicking on navigation, or filling in forms and you need like three pairs of hands. And that's where ghost lab comes in. What ghost lab does is it synchronizes everything across those different browsers and devices. So if you do something on one browser or on one device, then it's going to happen on all the others. If you click a link in a desktop browser, then it gets pressed on a smartphone. And if you type into a form input on a tablet, then it gets filled in across every browser or device that's connected to ghost lab. It's brilliant. It's really simple. Here's how it works. You just install the ghost lab app on your Mac um, or your PC actually, because they've just released ghost lab for windows, which is good news for sad people who use windows. Anyway, then what you do is you drag any HTML site into the ghost lab window and that's it. That's all you have to do. GhostLab does everything else for you. And then you can open your site in any installed browser, or you can point any device on that same network to the GhostLab IP address. And the best part of it is that there's only one app that you have to install on the Mac or the PC. You don't have to install anything on the devices. It just uses the browser. So Ghost Lab keeps a watch on the project and it pushes any changes that you make to every connected browser and device. And that makes designing like in code, which is you know what we do a lot of, really, really simple. And it's not a subscription service. You don't have to pay monthly for the software. You just buy it once and for all. Ghost Lab costs 33 of our English pounds per user, and you can install it on two computers, desktop or laptop. That's what I've done. And there are volume discounts available too. So go to venamcocom slash Ghost and get Ghost Lab. Oh, it is genius. Genius bit of software.
1: It is. We've used it, a trial, and uh, we're trying to get it sort of set up in where it's part of our sort of workflow and what have you. It's a big, thing testing. We don't do enough of that.
0: So there's some links that you sent me. I was having a look at this. um, Cole Henley's Tax Help. Oh, yeah. What's that all about?
1: It's basically a tool, calculator, whatever you want to call it, for helping you calculate how much you can claim back for your tax return for working from home, like, you know, your your heating, your your rent, all that sort of stuff. So I've I've used it. and I've seen other people using it. It's surprising what you can actually claim back because I say I'm not a freelancer anymore, but obviously I still have to do my tax return for last year. I can claim back a fair bit of money for working from home. So that's quite good. So yeah, it's quite good too. Well,
0: I just sat down yesterday or the day before and worked out all of the petty cash, mm. you know, out-of-pocket expenses for the for the firm. Because we to yeah, do it once a year. You know, we, ne- we never yeah. spend that much. You know, you might buy a cup of coffee or buy some stamps or something. It's not yeah. worth doing a monthly claim. So I did all of that but we don't claim anything because we work from home as well but we yeah. never claim anything from the business right for for using the the space at home um okay. and i think the difference is that, i mean people are going to have to um, find, find out for themselves i don't know how it works but somebody somewhere once said that because we're a limited company right we have to be careful about capital gains tax right so okay. if we ever wanted to sell our house yeah. Then we would have to pay a certain amount. We'd or we'd lose a certain amount. We'd have to pay a certain amount in tax based on the percentage that the business is. Yeah, I don't know. I get confused with these Christ. things. So we don't actually claim anything. We don't claim any electricity or heating right. or lighting or anything like that. You know, the business buys stuff. You know, buys coffee, and you know, we yeah. You know, we we don't always drink the the business's coffee on business time because you know you're going to put as much through as you can, aren't you? Well, yeah. It's a minefield, though,
1: and it. I hate taxing. I'm trying to, I like, did my own tax return this year. I got rid of my accountant and did it all myself. Dead easy, but my god, you've got to keep on top of it. It's mental. I'm glad I don't have to, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. To be honest, after after this year, that's it then. Obviously, being full time employed, that's not so bad. But yeah, trying to keep receipts and uh, no, forget yeah, it.
0: we're pretty organised when it comes to. You know, keeping track of stuff. I mean, Sue had basically prepared this huge pile of receipts all, and they're all, it's pretty, they're all in order. And, you know, I put the, I did the spreadsheet and just worked everything out, you know, cause it gets complicated when, yeah. you know, cause I, I don't travel as much anymore, but you know, when you've got receipts in, what did I have this year? I had Euros, I had Swiss francs, I had, yeah. um, Norwegian krona. Mm. You know, you've got to work all that kind of stuff out. And it's like, where if I'm doing a conversion, do I do the conversion now? You know, like today's rate, or do I do it at the time when I spent them? Oh, man, it's too complicated.
1: Yeah. I use software for all that. That does it all for me, everything. Just got to fill it in online and done. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah. No, anyway, so we'll put a uh, – calculate your freelance tax relief, it says here. Yeah. Um We'll put a link in the show notes to that. People might find that useful. Yeah. Um, Rachel Andrew wrote a nice little post this week as well. Uh, yeah. My 2013 in writing and speaking, which was slightly – a slightly odd title because basically she's just listed lots of the stuff that she wrote and spoke about. And a lot of it is to do with businessy stuff because, you know, they've, they moved from doing client services development through to just doing, you know, products. Yeah. Doing perch. So lots of the stuff that's on here. Ah, some good stuff. There's some really good stuff. Um, what have I got here now? Getting pa- credit and risk, getting paid for your work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's not go there, eh? <laughs> I doubt he's listening anyway. Uh, no, let's not let's not go there. Yeah, oh, there's all kinds of stuff here, unfashionably profitable side projects and business. So there's lots of good stuff there. So again, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Oh, look at that! She's writing a hell of a lot about businessy stuff, and it's brilliant.
1: Good, I like that sort of stuff. Hmm. not it gets gone.
0: No, no, no. I was going to say she's writing a book as well.
1: Right. Oh, okay.
0: The Profitable Side Project Handbook, which she's writing and then publishing herself. Nice. So that's a trend as well. People are doing a lot more kind of self-publishing rather than going out through the... I haven't seen a book from, you know, people that we know from one of the bigger publishers for bloody ages.
1: Mm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people I know sort of do their own books. I think it's quite... Is it easy now? I don't know.
0: Um, Well, the writing's no different, whether you're publishing yeah. it yourself, but... and you've got the logistics of, you know, nowadays doing conversions to all the different formats. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that... You're gonna sell if you self-publish, or you're gonna go with a little publisher. And yeah. I say little, I mean you know there's not a lot little about five simple steps, or you know, no. or you know, especially a, a book apart. But you know you're gonna sell a smaller amount of copies, but you're gonna yeah. make a hell of a lot more back in terms of royalties. And I think that's why people do. Hmm. Anyway, it's, you're not right. But you have started a new job though.
1: Well, kind of. I haven't started yet.
0: When do you start? Is it
1: start Monday? Same place.
0: You looking forward to it?
1: Very excited about it. Scared of this, but you know, terrified. But yeah, be good.
0: I'm looking forward to learning what you learn, because I mean, just for the benefit of people that (laughs) haven't heard before,
1: you've never heard of me.
0: (laughs) So you've been doing a lot of front end development over the last few years.
1: I've been a front ender since the dawn of time, basically,
0: which is how we got to know each other. Yes, and then now. You're going to do something else.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be moving into the UX team of the agency that I work for. So it'll still be front end, but it'll be more prototyping, getting to sort of start the project off, finding out the best way of doing things and then passing on that to the relevant teams. So I'll be, I'll be involved from the start, which is what I want. I've got a big interest in sort of how things work. Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: I'm really looking forward to finding out you know, like I say, what you learn, because I've, I don't know whether it's the things that I've, I mean, the, I've worked on a lot of projects with different UX people over, you know, the last few yeah. years, with the exception of John Jones, who we know, because, you know, yeah. you and I worked on the Hillsborough thing, who is excellent. I mean, he's just the best person I think I've ever worked with. Yeah. I've always been ridiculously underwhelmed with the, with the UX teams. <laughs> that got to work with. Just say it politely. I mean,
1: no, I that's fine. I- I get that
0: not that, that not that they're particularly you know not that they were bad people, it's just that a lot of what they did, I didn't think was terribly special in a way, I just felt it was common sense,
1: yeah, I think the reason why I think I'm being brought into that team is because the way I see it u x is everything it's front end it's design it's you know it covers so much stuff, so if you can bring people in with various skill sets like design like front end put that into a sort of UX team, you're going to build pretty good stuff. So I think that's that's where the company is seeing it, is that they can tap into my front-end knowledge on prototyping, you know, responsive prototyping, style guides, you know, I can design to a certain degree. So it's just strengthening the UX side so that we are producing, you know, top-end stuff. So it, for me, it won't be just wireframes and, and stuff like that. It will be a lot more to it than that, I hope.
0: I like I like the idea of that because whenever I did the government project that I mm. did, and you know, and and a few others, yeah, yeah. To me, anyway, the UX thing has always basically been somebody else making decisions or producing wireframes. I mean, first first of all, a lot of the people, it was all about the tools, you know. It was all about the tools for one thing. Yeah, it was all yeah. about Axure or whatever yeah. software they used to make wireframes. Mm. And then the other part of it was always was always quite often really prescriptive wireframes. Yeah. And all of that seemed to be sort of separate from, you know, from the design process, even in terms of the way that the client structured the, the project. Yeah. People were like, we're going to do UX. Oh, and then we're going to hand it over to Andy.
1: Yeah. You can't do that.
0: So I really like the idea that it's more, much more of a kind of an inclusive approach.
1: Yeah. I and mean, one of the things I used to hate as a front ender was being given the the and design and say, right, that's what you're building. And you could say straight away, that's not going to work in a certain browser. That's not going to work because this, you know, whatever. To be involved from the start, to have that say, and to to guide. Ah, oh, it's going to be brilliant. I get to upset people as well, so that's good.
0: <laughs> In what way?
1: Well, you know, designers to so take Careful. my sort of round hat off here now. But
0: <laughs> I just I want
1: everyone to work together. It sounds really cliched now, but it's not a case of it being one team and the next team and the next team. We've all got a say. We've all got input. Let's just all sit down and let's thrash it out. And I think we can all work together as, as disciplines, UX, design, front end. I think working together collaboratively, it's a big word, isn't it? I think that can produce better results. But de- death to waterfall, without a shadow of a doubt, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I think the problem, and this has been the same with, you know, companies hiring, you know, hiring third parties or Mm. internal projects, is that the way that the businesses are structured, because of the way that, you know, people charge things and, you know, sign-off points and when you get incremental invoices paid, that kind of thing, has all been – Waterfall has been really convenient because, you know, ah, well, we've finished the the UX phase, you know, here's here's a chunk of money that we're owed. Yeah, and it's – no, no, no. And that's the kind of that, it's, it's like responsibility and money changing hands go, you know, go together. And that's been the issue. I don't think it's been because designers and developers don't want to work together. It's just been physically not really been possible.
1: That's true. I mean, where, where I work, it tends to be the creative will do the pictures, they'll create the ideas before anything's really been talked through. So it's it's like you're skipping a stage if not two stages I think well, the whole PSD being deliverable I mean that, those days to me are gone now you, you can't be promising something that might not be possible so it's it's hard when we don't get everyone together to to talk through a project at the start it's, you know, this has got to be signed off first, and then that'll be signed off, and then that'll be signed off. I just don't think you can work like that anymore. I really don't.
0: I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens, because... you know, from, <laughs> Dole Q <laughs> <laughs> No, from an agency point of view, though, I think that's quite an interesting thing to do, because, you know, agencies are often, because they're, you know, often bigger, you know, they're harder to move and change, and yeah. the slower to, to, to make changes. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that one comes out. You know, maybe... Are you going to be allowed to write about stuff? Are they... Are they now yeah, good at Yeah,
1: enough? No, they, they know I blog now. Um, they actually want me to give them content for pushing you know, what we do. So yeah, I'm up for talking about it and how I learn and what have you. It's a big step by the agency. I don't think you know, people realize how big a step it is for the agency I work for to be getting someone else in like this. It's changing a few things.
0: I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for you actually as well because... I can't wait. I really can't. You know, we were talking about this in the car the other day, but Mm. not everybody that does front end, you know, has a, has a programmer's brain. I mean, I write HTML and CSS. Yeah. Can't write any bloody JavaScript, but you know, I'm not a developer. And you know, well, I'm actually I'm not a front end developer either. But you know, a lot of people that come in and end up doing this, and yeah, maybe you know, you did this. You know, you come at it from much more of a of a design point of view. So having to learn programming, yeah, you know, JavaScript, right? It's really yeah, hard.
1: It is. I've found myself having to learn every day new bits of kit, grunt, Jekyll, all these different things, Node, all these things out there, having to try and keep up with everybody else. As well as trying to do a job, it's very, very hard. And I found myself drowning in it. I'm trying to learn JavaScript. I never got a chance to do it outside of you know working hours. I've got two kids. I drive to and from work quite a distance. I do have spare time, but by the time I get home, I'm knackered. So trying to keep up with you know, with the Joneses of front end, it's it's very hard. And I I, I found myself thinking, you know, I, I'm not actually a good a front end as I thought I was, based on the fact that there's just so much to learn out there. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And I've just decided that, you know, there are people that are, that do front end stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we have an, you know, you have an understanding of design, you know, like you and me. Mm. And then, you know, there, there are people that can see design details as well. Yeah, you know, people that can really appreciate, ah, oh, they, they notice stuff, you know, they notice, they notice when <laughs> the list markers are out dented into the margins as opposed to not, you know, that kind of stuff, even yeah. though they're not designers, right. And then there are people that, they do front end and they are programmers, you know, much more technical. Yeah. I mean, Harry Roberts comes to mind, right? Mm. You know, he writes his bloody blog posts in, you know, the command line.
1: I'd show enough that.
0: And, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, pushes it up to you know, GitHub or, or something. I mean, yeah. actually, I've got to be careful because I'm going to get angry letters now because Harry appreciates design as well. I know people, you know, they, they do lots of different stuff. But you do get people where you know, like Anna, for example. You know, Anna understands yeah. GitHub side of things, mm. you know, and Jekyll, and, and all this kind of stuff. Understands that stuff, yeah. and it's like water off. You know, it's just, it's just like falling off a log to to some people. Mm. Me, I get to the bit in the tutorial where it says, "Now open up the terminal." <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, is it time to watch Star Trek? Yeah. So I think that there's that we can't just say, you know, okay, just because you write HTML or you know a bit of CSS that you're a front-end mm. developer because you know I plainly am not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's so much pressure now, though, to know everything, and I think people add this pressure. If you know, if you don't know, you you don't know this, you don't know that, you're not as good as a front ender as. You know. No, sorry, you know, there's there are people that know some things, there are people that know others. <laughs> I'm gonna rant now.
0: No, 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 it's fine. I mean, there was the article Chris Coyer wrote an article on 24 ways grunt for people who think like that think things like grunt are weird and hard. And I thought, oh, here we go.
1: We use Grunt in the office, and it's it's great. It's simple commands: Grunt, Dev, whatever. It's getting the damn thing set up. I had to install this, that. I had a developer helping me because my Mac wouldn't take it. It's just so much faffing to get these things working. I think mean, that's what put puts most people off. It's just it just doesn't work out of the box half the time. That's,
0: I think you you use what you use, and yeah. You know, as long as as long as it ain't broke, don't fix it. That tends to be my approach to things.
1: Yeah, people are too judgmental.
0: No, well, I just don't think that I need to know it all. And you know, one of the things that I decided we'll talk about next year or this year, mm. as it is, in a minute. But you know, one of the things I decided to do is listen. You don't need to know anything or everything. Yeah, um, need to know something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well. you know, I don't. I, I, I you know, Grunt Jekyll mustache whatever i don't care i don't you know i don't want to know i don't even need to you know i'll do what i do um and you know i've got a set of skills i hope that you know, are in a certain area. Oh, and the other exactly. thing, I'm going I'm to write a little blog post about this actually, because I've just been thinking about this. There's, there's sort of like been a sort of people dismissing visual design a little bit over the last few years. I feel anyway, you know, it's mm. all about UX stuff and, you know, and all about research and you can't design something, you know, properly unless you've, unless you consider the user or, you know, you've done your research or, you know, you're incrementally test all this kind of stuff. And it's almost as if like the, the fact that it looks great doesn't matter. In mm. a way. And I'm actually just going to, you know, people always go, oh, well, designers don't make, just make things look pretty. Well, you know, of course they don't just make things look pretty, but you know, yeah. there ain't any harm. In fact, there's a great deal of skill involved in actually making something look pretty. And that know, is. I'm unashamably one of those people that makes things look pretty. And you know, that's fine with me.
1: Cool with me too.
0: We, ah, uh, still a second sponsor. i have got two sponsors this week. Wow. I know. It's good. Uh, next sponsor is Perch. And you know, we talk about Perch a lot not just because they sponsored the show but I use perch as my cms of choice now it's just brilliant. Now I've mentioned in the past how perch really fits in with our workflow here at stuff and it makes things incredibly quick and easy to go from static html templates because that's that's how, what I deliver at the end of the design phase right the way through to dynamic pages that clients can edit. You know I've talked about the perch add-ons and and how brilliant their support is but what I haven't really mentioned which is a bit strange for a business podcast, is how Perch can benefit design business as well. And I was going to mention this today anyway, and then Rachel Andrews, she's one of the people behind Perch. She wrote a blog post about exactly the same topic. So I've put a link to it in our show notes. So I won't go through the entire post. You just go off and read that for yourself. But there are a few points that really stood out for me. First is how Perch really cuts down on support calls after launch. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but from experience anyway, when I've used other CMSs, you know, we always get clients asking for help you know, after the launch with a CMS. And it wasn't mostly technical support thereafter. It was usually just that they'd forgotten how to use something and they couldn't figure out how to do it. And then just give you a call, drop you an email. And since we've been using Perch, we just we don't get that as often. Clients, they seem to intuitively know how to use Perch. And if they don't, they don't seem to mind clicking around until they find what they're looking for. You know, they don't seem to be frightened that they're going to break something, which is really nice. And then there's offering clients a a website review. And, you know, we haven't been as good at doing this as regularly as we we should do. We, We need to improve that. But with some clients, what we do is we have a review every six months or maybe once a year. And it's a really good opportunity to clean up and improve a lot of those things that have happened since we stopped working on the site. You know, the sort of thing, I mean, you know, maybe the client's added some of those awful bloody social sharing icons. <laughs> oh man, I hate those. And reviews like that, they can be a good opportunity to clear out all that stuff. And they can also be a great opportunity to suggest maybe upgrading Perch and any add-ons that we've used. And because upgrading Perch generally just means replacing the core folder, you, know, you often don't need to worry that, Upgrades are going to suck up a lot of time. And there's plenty of different ways that Perch can help add incremental revenue and improve the business. Uh, maybe you want to develop your own admin theme. Maybe you want to use Perch's MailChimp app to create email lists for clients. I just read the blog post. It's great. If you haven't tried Perch yet, you really, really should. You're not going to look back. And it's only £50, $70, or €59 Euros per website. So go to grabaperch.com. Slash unfinished and grab perch. Ah, it's good. Have you used it?
1: I haven't. No. Um, I'm a WordPress guy out of uh, habit, but no, I've never actually used it. I keep meaning to to play about with it. I really do, but it's just never happened.
0: So, apart from the new job, yes. What other New Year plans and resolutions have you got? Lose more weight. Need to lose more weight. That's definitely one of them.
1: Be more honest. <laughs> With people and myself, so watch out, people. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to enjoy myself as well. I've not done enough of that. We yeah. should
0: get out and take more photographs.
1: No, I was sick of this actually today because I was out taking photos of the floods by air and I thought, ah, it'd be good to go down, here you know, with the boat down by the ship and stuff. You should definitely go out. I'm going to buy another camera, a decent camera, and uh, start taking more photos. Do road trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a laugh. I need to get my little Olympus fixed, actually, because... I, when we were on holiday last year, the SD card jammed mm. in it, and uh, things things mugged. I need to send it back to. Uh, there's a little place. I think it's in Luton, of all places, like yeah. a little off. I need to get it fixed anyway. But yeah, I'd like to do more photography this year Definitely. because I don't really have, you know, a side project. Or mm. you know, I watch a lot of movies, but I don't do much else. You know, I'm not when when I when I finish. Maybe you know, maybe it's because I'm old and grizzly. But when when I finish work and I'm finished designing for you know, the client all day. Generally, the last thing I want to do is to go out there and do, you know, do anything arty for myself. I did a load
1: up until I got the job in the agency. I was out every day, but because I travel such a distance and you know, it's the middle of nowhere there. There's not, really a place to take photos but got the weekend i guess
0: Well, of no, photography is about the only thing that i really do like doing and it's it's strange because that's where i started you know before i was into design that's what i did i was you know when i left art school i wanted to you know go off and do photography so but that that's what i do i'd love to I'd, i don't you know i'd love to to do more on that yeah we should do because i mean this is the thing i suppose it's the same for everybody wherever they live but you, you live somewhere you know really lovely like we do and well, you do <laughs> well, I'm not talking about Flint, I'm talking about...
1: Uh, North Wales in <laughs> general, yeah, okay. Oh,
0: man. But, you know, yeah, North Wales in general. Yeah, we are lucky because yeah. it's, it's, it is a nice place. I mean, nothing's too far away before you can go and, you know, go and photograph something nice.
1: No, very true.
0: And yet, yeah, nine times out of ten. I suppose it's the weather. That's the other thing, isn't it? It's,
1: nah, weather doesn't bother me. Really? I took some great photos last year in the rain. I actually sat out in the rain waiting to catch the right photo with the drops and everything. I love all that sort of stuff. Ah, the weather's bothering me.
0: I really wanted to do one of Dan Rubin's workshops down at Handheld, he, but he was doing it on the same day as mine. Right. have totally gone. Well, maybe we need to look at some kind of photography course. Yeah,
1: I looked at this. There was one in Manchester. When I was freelancing in Manchester, there was one that I was going to go to. It was dead cheap. I think there's one in the local college down the road, Kelston. I'd like to do something like that, because I think I can take a photo yeah i get that but there are different ways of doing things and i
0: I don't know all that yeah i mean around conferences would seem to be like a good time to do that kind of stuff mm. and you know if there's conference organizers listening you know we, uh, workshops you're doing a workshop kind of you know after or before an event i'd like to think well you know what a—I mean photo walks you know people that they tend to tack some of those on and that's fine. Mm. But I'd really love to learn from somebody really good about composition. Yeah. Because I struggle with that. I mean, since I started shooting square because mm. of Instagram, now I find it bloody impossible. You know, when I pick up my SLO and it's it's a bloody rectangle, I'm thinking, oh, where did the thirds go? So I'd love to learn about composition. i would tell you what I'd really love to do. Um, You know, Rick Nunn? Yes. Uh, again, I'll put a link in the show notes, but man, what an awesome photographer. And, you know, I'd like to learn about lighting. You know, I'd like to do a workshop or, you know, even if it's just a half day of studio lighting, lighting you know for portraits or something like that just really get in depth over something
1: that'd be quite cool actually
0: i'd find that really valuable i mean you know a lot of the workshops they tend to be kind of well they go they go both ways and it's kind of one's either kind of techie code workshops or the other one's what is yeah. it axe repairing or coffee grinding or <laughs> but no, some kind of thing um but photography man i'd want to do that but
1: the axe repairing sounds quite good well
0: yeah. and i went on that and I don't think she could bring the axe home with her. I think they had to no. ship it to her. So going, well, you're not going to take an axe on a plane, are
1: you? I wouldn't get a plane anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd like to do that. Conference organisers, if you're listening. I'd like to do photography workshops. That would be great. Do they do
1: photography sort of conferences, then? Do you, I? don't know whether they do. They must do. They do kitchen conferences, don't they? And stuff like that. So they must do photography <laughs> for cameras and stuff. They must do, like, sort of stuff ah, there.
0: well, I mean, the ki- ki- what, you mean like trade shows? Yeah. Oh, well, Now they used to. Back in the day, there used to be uh, – it was called Focus on Imaging. It might even still be going. It used to be called Focus on Photography right. back before everybody started to use Macs, you know, and scanners and stuff. This is before digital photography. Um, it used to be on at the NEC in Birmingham. We used to – the company that I worked for, we used to go and have a great big stand there every year. That used to be a lot of fun. But in terms of actual, you know, conferences, you know, people standing up there and talking about – Exposure in the same way that we talk about code. They be, would they? No, 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 that's a good point. though. Maybe someone could let us know.
1: Maybe there's some photography celebs out there that you know, like like web celebs. you have got photo celebs. Wow. Well, and a whole world on Twitter where everyone sort of bitches about the composition. And, <laughs> wow. This is this is amazing stuff. Ah, oh dear. I funny. bet there is. I
0: bet there is. I mean, <laughs> I, I bet there's people that complain about how many likes people get on Instagram, just as they do about dribble. <laughs> possibly Now, i'd like to do more photography this this year that's yeah. one of my um one of my goals what else i want to spend more time doing design stuff and less time doing code
1: yeah i can appreciate that
0: i did a lot of that over the last kind of 18 months and i've, I've just about had it when it comes to css <laughs> so we're going to be we're going to start trying to subcontract stuff out a lot more as well that's uh that's, that's going to be an aim, which hopefully is going to free me up to uh, do some of the stuff that I really want to get around to doing. Even if it's writing, you know, I haven't done as much writing as I think I ought to have done.
1: Mm, yeah, I like writing. It's therapeutic, isn't it?
0: Uh, you think so?
1: Oh, I do, yeah. Oh, man, I, I find mean. it so hard. I take out all my hate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I just, I, I struggle with it. I mean, even just putting together that silly list of country albums the other day mm. you know i i, I do so maybe i should just be a little bit looser and just let it all come out and then maybe go back and edit it i tend to obsess over it
1: yeah depends who you writing write before i mean i told you before i write for myself if no one reads it then you know sod i do not care you know it's it's i'm writing for myself it's a way of me expressing how i feel and what I have you maybe you get the same vibe with country and western music i don't know
0: but hey it's not country and western man no i know. It's what? just yeah. country. country. There's no yeah. Western.
1: So where's that come from, country
0: and Western? Is it actually real or not? Well, yeah, I think so. But actually, I don't know. I don't know. It reminds me of that. Is it the Blues Brothers where the, somebody says, we've got both types of music, country and Western? Yeah.
1: But yeah, do more writing, definitely.
0: I want to get better at delegating. That's one thing that I need to do. Um, and this is the yeah. thing with with, you know, we're not going to hire somebody full time, mm. but I'm definitely going to be doing less and passing more out. Um, when it, especially when it comes to the code side of things. And that's, that means that I'm going to have to plan better as well. You know, I'm going to have to, you know, think about how that's just planning ahead, really. You know, I can't just think to myself, oh, well, you know, I'll give will I'll, I'll a ring because, you know, people might not be available. So I need to be that. And I, I just feel like... <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> well, you're going to be busy. you know, work for me. You're going to be off doing other things. And I know, it just feels like feels like we're getting a little bit more serious on the business. Yeah, you because, know, you know, designer Sue's been here a year now. Is it
1: a year now? Oh, it? no,
0: it's crazy. It's almost been a year since she's built drinks over you.
1: It was not. It was over <laughs> Sue. It was never me. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, that. she's like throwing a rugby ball. <laughs> amazing.
0: Oh, dear, that was funny. So, you know, it just feels like we're kind of getting a little bit more serious about the business, which hopefully is going to mean that, I'm going to have more time to, you know, to do more creative stuff. And I I meant what I said earlier on. I, I don't feel that I need to go off and learn. I mean, there's some great books out there. You know, there's some great blog posts and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Bolton wrote about research on 24 Ways. And there was a um, a 24 Ways, not a 24 and a book apart yeah about you know research and stuff like that. i mean i don't feel like i need to go off and and, and learn everything you know i'm gonna un- no. unapologetically make things that look nice
1: mm. i don't read enough that's another thing i should read more i found your book the other day actually under bus sofa <laughs> what was it's been it there for what? about a year
0: was it was it replacing one of the legs that you got missing
1: no no it was there was a he-man figure down there a pair of socks and a couple of plates Oh no! What was on the plates? I think it had been pizza. I'm not sure. Oh, that's We're gross. talking like, talking many months.
0: Oh, that really is gross.
1: It is very gross. I've had a complete refit of the house, so it's all been tidied and moved about. And your books on your shelf? Right?
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't toss the book out and just keep the piece of pizza. Because <laughs> well, no,
1: know... I've been trying to find it for months.
0: Well, I've got a bloody. I've got. Draw full of them. You could just ask me for another one. I know,
1: but... Not everybody, by the way. Not every
0: Anybody, if you've lost a copy of hardboards, don't just ask me for a new one.
1: No, just ask ask me and I'll get it sent to you. Don't worry. It's easy. (laughs) £5 postage.
0: £5, that's bloody cheap, comparison to what it actually costs. Is it really? Yeah. It weighs a ton. You could knock somebody out with it. It's quite a big book.
1: That's enough enough plug-in anyway.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised people still buy it, because it's three years now. Uh, It's it's pity, don't worry. It's... (laughs) I did get a royalty check from Transcending, um, for, wow. for, yeah, I know, for, for the last three months of, of, of last year, and it was 75 quid. So right. I'm thinking, God, there's still people out there that, I mean, how can that even be? God, 75 quid's not bad. I think you owe me 75 quid, don't you? <laughs> yeah, funny enough. Yeah, no, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, I think that this, this year is like about consolidation. I think I want to get really good at the stuff that I do and, less concerned about the stuff that i don't and whether or not you think that that's kind of you know specialism you know or rather than being a generalist being a specialist. i don't know i, d- I want to concentrate on the design side of i think something i think there's a need for that and no definitely you know when you look at the stuff that's in our portfolio it's so much prettier now that sue's around yeah and i just don't think that there's anything wrong in saying right we design you know we make things that look great No, wrong with that at all that's no, gonna be a big year this year no well I'm, hopefully your job's gonna be great it's gonna be interesting
1: Whole, whole year's gonna be interesting, I think. Taking no sh** this
0: year. That's twice you've said that.
1: I know, you can bleep
0: that out again. I don't know, actually know how to bleep. Cause I'm rubbish, I'm rubbish at the editing. People don't care if I swear, do they? No, <laughs> no, the thing is, is that if you, you can't be a promoted podcast on iTunes if ah. you have the explicit tag you know and if there's, I don't know, if there's too much swing i don't know and they used to be clever at kind of you know dropping things out right you know what? we should wrap it up okay okay Been a pleasure thanks man people can follow you dan on twitter you are what are you dan j davies
1: yeah davis davies
0: okay let's spell this out then D A N J D a v i e s yeah yeah but i said ease because otherwise people would do davis and about d a v i s whatever <laughs> <laughs> or there'll be a link in the show notes that's easier yeah that's better or me at malarkey and to ask questions or suggest topics you can message the show on twitter at unfinished bz or you can email me old school at he has at unfinished thanks again to our sponsors this week they were ghost lab and perch and you can support the show by supporting them Thanks, Dan.
1: Got me tea now.